0: Guidelines in Practice – Prevention of Unintentionally Retained Surgical Items by Karen Cochran Abstract Retained surgical items, RSIs, are adverse events that can affect patients, surgeons, and nurses. Interdisciplinary teams should work to standardize surgical item accounting processes and help all perioperative team members prevent RSIs. AORN recently revised the Guideline for Prevention of Unintentionally Retained Surgical Items, which provides background information on RSIs and ways to prevent them. The revised guideline describes the role of team communication, coupled with specific nursing actions aimed at preventing RSIs. This article reviews key concepts from the guideline and discusses new or changed recommendations regarding a consistent interdisciplinary approach and standard counting procedure, accounting for soft goods, sharps, and miscellaneous items, instruments, device fragments, and explants, and foam pieces, reconciling count discrepancies, adjunct technology, and education. The article also provides a scenario related to implementing adjunct technology to prevent RSIs perioperative leaders and nurses should review the guideline in its entirety and apply the recommendations to prevent RSIs. The AORN, Guideline for Prevention of Unintentionally Retained Surgical Items, provides guidance for perioperative personnel to prevent unintentionally retained surgical items, RSIs, in patients undergoing operative or other invasive procedures, and is applicable in a variety of perioperative patient care settings. AORN recently revised this guideline, adding unintentionally to the title, to clarify that the guideline focuses on items that are not intentionally left inside a patient at the end of a procedure. Also, the revised title better aligns with naming conventions from other professional organizations, for example, the Joint Commission, on this topic. The guideline includes information on 1. A consistent interdisciplinary approach 2. Standard procedure 3. Soft goods 4. Sharps and miscellaneous items 5. Instruments 6. Device fragments and explants 7. Foam pieces 8. Count discrepancy reconciliation 9. Adjunct technology, 10. Documentation, 11. Policies and procedures, 12. Education, and 13. Quality and reporting. The AORN Guideline Project Team assessed the available evidence and included regulatory requirements when the governmental regulations supported an initiative and made recommendations when the benefits of an initiative clearly would exceed the harms. In general, recommendations are supported by high to moderate quality evidence. The project team also made conditional recommendations, when the benefits of the initiative likely would exceed the harms. Conditional recommendations are supported by any level of evidence under certain conditions. The project team made no recommendation, when there was a lack of evidence or a lack of balance between benefits and harms for an initiative the evidence table for the rsi guideline is available at https://aorn.org/hyphen/media/aorn/guidelines/evidence-rating-and-tables/ evidence underscore table underscore 0203pdf This article provides an overview of counting processes and discusses new recommendations from the revised guideline. Perioperative nurses should review the revised guideline in its entirety for additional information that may affect their practice and is not covered in this article. Consistent interdisciplinary approach and standard procedure. All perioperative team members are responsible for the prevention of RSIs, and perioperative personnel should use a consistent process when performing counts. Human factors issues, for example, multitasking, distractions, contribute to RSIs. Therefore, AORN recommends. The perioperative personnel minimize interruptions, noise, and distractions during the surgical count. The second section of the AORN guideline for prevention of unintentionally retained surgical items is new and provides general recommendations for standard counting procedures. The recommendations on when and how to count are now only included in this new section and are not repeated elsewhere in the guideline. AORN recommends that, if possible, perioperative personnel perform an initial count to establish a baseline before the patient enters the operating or procedure room. The RN circulator should record the count on a standardized template in a location that all perioperative team members can see. When adding items to the sterile field after the initial count, the RN circulator and scrub person should count the added items immediately. AORN provides a conditional recommendation for performing additional counts during a procedure. Such counts vary depending on the procedure. An interdisciplinary team, for example, surgeons, perioperative nurses, surgical technologists, STs, should standardize the process for performing additional counts at designated intervals, such as every three or four hours during longer procedures. The interdisciplinary team may decide the personnel should use a second timeout process during a lengthy procedure as a designated timeout for an additional count. When making such a decision, the team should add the standardized process into the facility's policy and procedures. Additional considerations for prevention of RSIs during longer procedures include 1. Identifying when additional counts are needed based on the length of the procedure. two. Determining when personnel should perform counts. For example, identifying a time frame, avoiding critical phases. 3. Specifying which items should be counted interoperatively. For example, soft goods, sharps, miscellaneous items, instruments. And 4. Communicating and documenting count results. Figure 1 provides recommendations related to the timing of counts, for soft goods, sharps, miscellaneous items, and instruments during each phase of a procedure. AORN recommends that two individuals, for example, the RN circulator and scrub person, concurrently view all items being counted audibly. When counting items at the beginning of a procedure, or when adding items during a procedure, both team members should verify that packaged items contain the number of items listed on the package label. If the team members discover a discrepancy between the expected number of items and the number of items present in the package, they should remove the items from the field and exclude them from the count. They also should label, isolate, and keep the items in the OR unless the patient is not yet present, in which case they can remove the items from the OR. When counting items at the end of a procedure, the scrub person should separate and point out items that are on the sterile field, and the RN circulator should do the same for items that are not on the sterile field. The perioperative team should perform the final count after removing all surgical soft goods, sharps, instruments, and miscellaneous items, for example, viscera retainer, used when closing the incision and returning them to the scrub person. Personnel should keep all counted items in the OR until they complete and reconcile the final counts. Soft Goods AORN recommends that perioperative personnel use a pocketed holder with a contrasting background color, or similar system, to account for used radiopaque surgical soft goods, see Figure 2, because such a system may improve visibility of the sponges. Using standard precautions, the RN circulator should completely open and separate each sponge before placing it in the sponge holder pocket in accordance with the manufacturer's recommendations and the facility's policy and procedures. AORN recommends that personnel carefully place the sponges in the pockets in a manner that prevents separation of the horizontal pocket perforations. If the pocket perforations become unintentionally separated, the RN circulator should discard the sponge holder and replace it with a new one. AORN conditionally recommends filling the pocketed holder from the bottom to the top because open pockets at the top may be more visible than open pockets at the bottom. To aid with counting at the end of a procedure, the RN circulator may place the unused sponges in the pocketed system. The surgeon should explore the wound, that is, using vision or touch, for radiopaque soft goods before closing. Because vaginal procedures, for example, delivery, hysterectomy, may require items to be retained in the vagina, AORN recommends that surgeons perform a methodical wound exploration at the end of these types of procedures. Surgeons may place radiopaque soft goods in a wound at the end of a procedure for therapeutic purposes. Although such therapeutic packing is intentionally left inside the patient, if it remains in place after the final wound closure, for example, delayed secondary intention, it would then be an unintentional RSI. In accordance with recommendations from the American College of Surgeons, AORN recommends that perioperative personnel use a standardized procedure to document and communicate the number and type of items the location of any therapeutic packing, and the plan for eventual removal of the items. AORN also recommends that healthcare professionals remove all therapeutic packing before final wound closure. Therapeutic packing removal may be added to order sets to create a trigger for removal. When the patient returns to the OR for removal of therapeutic packing, perioperative team members should review the patient's previous intraoperative record for the number and type of items and location of therapeutic packing, and then document the number and type of items and location of therapeutic packing removed. Perioperative personnel should isolate the removed radiopaque sponges. These should not be included in the sponge count for the removal procedure. Sharps and miscellaneous items Perioperative personnel should account for sharps and other miscellaneous items, for example, vessel loops, bulb syringes, guide wires, when these items are present on the sterile field. According to the AORN guideline, perioperative personnel should quote, count all suture needles, regardless of size, for all surgical procedures. End quote. The RN circulator and scrub person should use a readback method for communicating the number of needles added to the sterile field and the number of needles recorded on the count board during the procedure. Standardized active communication may reduce the risk of errors. AORN recommends that an interdisciplinary perioperative team determine which miscellaneous items should be counted. Personnel may find it helpful to list these items on a form to track them during the procedure. After reviewing evidence in the literature, the Guideline Project team provided an updated list of miscellaneous items for perioperative personnel to review. One addition to the list is the fiducial markers that are used during procedures that require navigation. Although hernia and umbilical tapes are not on the current miscellaneous items list, interdisciplinary teams can consider these for inclusion during counting if appropriate for the practice area. To help prevent RSIs, Perioperative personnel should account for all miscellaneous items, even when they are not included in the count. Another addition to the revised guideline is the recommendation that perioperative nurses count disposable preparation sticks used when performing vaginal antisepsis. Preparation sticks comprise a foam sponge on a plastic handle and are not radiopaque. Really Use of such sticks can help avoid a retained sponge in the vagina when perioperative personnel do not use a folded sponge on a ring forceps to complete antisepsis. The project team based this recommendation on the Joint Commission's reports from October 2012 through March 2018, indicating three preparation sticks had been retained in the vagina. Instruments and device fragments and explants AORN recommends that perioperative personnel account for instruments during all procedures in which there is a likelihood of retaining an instrument. In addition, personnel should count instruments before and after any procedure that involves an open body cavity, for example, abdomen. However, instrument counting during closing or final counts may vary according to the procedure, instruments used, and healthcare facilities' policies and procedures. For preventing RSIs. Personnel should not consider the final instrument count complete until the surgeon or assistant returns all instruments used during wound closure, for example, needle holders, scissors, to the scrub person. Personnel should avoid removing any counted instruments from the OR until after completing and reconciling the counts. Perioperative personnel should use instruments in accordance with the manufacturer's instructions for use, IFU, and prevent instrument damage. They should inspect instruments and any attached labels before use and avoid using defective instruments that may result in fragmentation during procedures. AORN recommends that perioperative personnel inspect, maintain, and service instruments and labels, according to the manufacturer's IFU. In addition, AORN conditionally recommends that personnel consider performing additional inspection, maintenance, and service of minimally invasive surgical instruments on a scheduled basis. These additional routine inspections may help personnel identify defects that are not visible using the camera's limited view. Immediately after removal from the surgical site, the scrub person should inspect all used items for breakage and account for them in their entirety. The revised guideline includes recommendations for preventing intravascular RSIs involving guide wires and guide wire fragments, as follows 1. Use a standardized checklist when inserting devices with guide wires. 2. Verbally verify that the guide wire is intact after removal. 3 consider insertion and removal of devices with guide wires to be a critical phase of the procedure and minimize distractions. 4. Refer to the manufacturer's IFU when inserting and removing intravascular devices. 5. Inspect intravascular devices before use to identify any potential defects that may result in an RSI. 6. Avoid withdrawing intravascular devices, including guide wires through a needle. 7. Immediately substitute a new guide wire for a bent guide wire. 8. Inspect intravascular devices for breakage immediately after removing them from a patient. 9. Establish and periodically revise policies and procedures for management of devices with guide wires. And 10. Provide education to and verify competency of perioperative personnel who use these intravascular devices. Inadequate policies contribute to guide wire and guide wire fragment retention. AORN recommends that personnel retain damaged devices and retrieved fragments at the healthcare facility for additional investigation. Foam Pieces An interdisciplinary wound care team comprising physicians, nurses, wound care nurses, infection preventionists, quality and risk managers, materials management personnel, and additional stakeholders, such as home health care nurses and manufacturers' representatives, should establish and implement policies and procedures related to negative pressure wound therapy, NPWT, devices involving foam pieces. Perioperative personnel should follow applicable procedures, for communicating the location and plan for removal of foam pieces, because the individuals removing the items may not know how many foam pieces are in the wound. Therefore, clear communication is critical to prevent an RSI. When transferring patient care after a procedure involving placement of foam pieces for NPWT, perioperative personnel should communicate the number of foam pieces in the wound and document in the patient's health record that they communicated this information to the next caregiver. AORN recommends that the Interdisciplinary Wound Care Team clarify the policy and procedure that addresses any uncertainty about the location or retention of a foam piece. Perioperative personnel should follow the NPWT device manufacturer's IFU. Only cut the foam when necessary to fit in the wound. Limit the number of pieces of foam used when possible and document the number of foam pieces used in a section of the patient's health record that all involved healthcare personnel can access. Using only necessary pieces of foam, communicating clearly, and documenting the number of foam pieces placed in the wound may reduce the risk of retaining foam pieces. When the patient returns to the OR for removal of the NPWT dressing, perioperative personnel should use the patient's health record to determine the number of foam pieces to be removed. A member of the team should document the number of removed pieces in the patient's record, and the surgeon should perform a methodical wound examination. If the wound requires additional NPWT with foam pieces, the perioperative team should document and communicate information related to NPWT as previously described. Foam pieces are not typically radiopaque. Therefore, AORN provides no recommendation for use of radiography to identify pieces of foam for NPWT in wounds. Reconciling Count Discrepancies After identifying a count discrepancy, the RN circulator should communicate information about the discrepancy, for example, type and number of missing items, to the team. The surgeon should provide a verbal acknowledgment and all team members should take immediate action to resolve the discrepancy. The RN circulator should 1. Call for additional personnel to help find the item. 2. Search the OR. And 3. Recount the item in question with the scrub person. The scrub person should organize and search the sterile field, including drapes and tables. The surgeon and surgical first assistant should 1. Suspend wound closure, if possible. 2. Search the wound for the missing item. 3. Participate in the attainment of imaging to locate the missing item. And 4. Remain in the OR until the team members either find the item or determine that it is not in the wound. The revised guideline and Figure 3 provide additional information for determining the most appropriate additional steps when the missing item is not immediately found. Adjunct Technology One of the more notable changes to the guideline is the added recommendation of using adjunct technology to support manual counting of surgical soft goods. Manual counting is susceptible to human error. Results of three studies showed that personnel frequently reported correct counts when RSI's occurred, with incidence rates ranging from 61.7% to 88.2%. These results indicate that even when there is a retained item, perioperative personnel can still believe the count is correct. Surgical sponges are frequently retained items, and because adjunct technology can assist personnel with verifying the outcome of a soft goods count or locating misplaced soft goods, these tools help to improve the accuracy of manual counting procedures for such items. Adjunct technology is available for a variety of soft goods that surgeons use and may help prevent retained sponges. However, the use of adjunct technology should not replace manual counting procedures. AORN recommends that an interdisciplinary team, for example, perioperative RNs, STs, physicians, Infection preventionists, quality and risk managers, and radiology and sterile processing personnel. Evaluate adjunct technologies that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has either cleared or declared exempt from clearance before implementation. The team should specifically evaluate the following. 1. Manufacture XIFU to determine feasibility of device use. 2. Cleaning disinfection and sterilization processes for reusable devices. Three. Cleaning and disinfection processes for device equipment. four. Personnel preferences. Five. Costs. Six. Effective radio frequency RF technology on patient care devices, for example, pacemakers. And seven. Effective radio frequency identification RFID technology on electronic medical devices, for example, pacemakers, implantable cardioverter defibrillators. The interdisciplinary team should clarify in the facility's policy and procedure when it is permissible to waive use of the adjunct technology, for example, a small incision on a digit, an ophthalmic procedure that does not require use of the surgical soft goods associated with adjunct technology. AORN recommends that personnel use adjunct technology in accordance with the manufacturer's IFU, maintain sterile technique when these devices are on the sterile field, and implement the technology even when they believe the count is correct. Facility leaders should implement adjunct technology throughout the organization simultaneously rather than using a staged process. Personnel should take special precautions when using adjunct technology that involves RF or RFID, such as setting temporary pacemakers to asynchronous mode before using the adjunct technology and avoiding programming pacemakers or implantable cardioverter defibrillators. Perioperative personnel should notify team members before using adjunct RF and RFID technology, and these team members should verbally acknowledge the notification personnel should document the use of adjunct technology in the patient's health record. They also should clean and disinfect the device after each use, according to the manufacturer's IFU. Education Perioperative leaders and educators should provide personnel with information on the incidence of RSIs that occur at the organization, consequences of RSIs, the role of personnel in preventing RSIs, standardized procedures for counting, expectations for documentation and reporting, and the use of adjunct technology to support manual counting of soft goods. When providing education on RSIs, leaders and educators should include information on the patient and procedure risk factors. For example, type of procedure, more than one surgical team, emergent procedure, blood loss greater than 500 milliliters, that may increase the possibility of an RSI. Scenario. Leaders of a healthcare system with several freestanding ambulatory surgery centers (ASCs) and hospital ORs conduct audits of reported incidents of RSIs, that is, sponges. After a noted increase in the reported events at the ASCs, The system's risk management personnel assigned to investigate these events identify that radiological imaging is not available at four of the five ASCs in which the RSIs occurred. Approximately two years earlier, health system administrators had approved implementation of adjunct technology for the entire health system. Personnel across all of the system's hospital ORs implemented the devices to verify manual counts or identify the location of soft goods. At the time of implementation, surgeons and personnel working in the ASCs were not receptive to the use of adjunct technology. They did not believe it was necessary and expressed concerns related to increasing the duration of procedures. Personnel in one of the ASCs also noted that the technology was not available for all types of counted soft goods used in their practice area the risk management team begins interviewing clinical and leadership personnel from the affected ASCs for their perceptions regarding the RSIs. During the interview process, perioperative personnel describe the lengthy wait, for example, 45 to 60 minutes, for radiologic imaging, when there is no imaging equipment in the ASC. Surgeons indicate that they are reluctant to wait for imaging because it delays subsequent procedures and, quote, most procedures do not require it, end quote. The risk managers determine that all patients who experienced an RSI required additional invasive procedures to remove the sponge. They also ascertain that all involved parties, that is, patients, personnel, surgeons, are dissatisfied because of the RSIs. The risk management team makes the following two recommendations. 1. Surgeons and ASCs with radiological imaging available on site should obtain intraoperative radiologic imaging before wound closure when count discrepancies cannot be reconciled. 2. An ASC interdisciplinary team should reevaluate and implement use of adjunct technology in their practice areas during all procedures in which surgeons use soft goods associated with the technology. The risk managers believe that implementing these two initiatives will help increase the chance of identifying an RSI before wound closure and align with national guidelines. The ASC leaders convene an interdisciplinary team comprising perioperative leaders and RNs, an ST, surgeons, an infection preventionist, a risk manager, a sterile processing department leader and staff member, and a materials manager. During the product evaluation process, the team uses evidence-based information and facility data to develop a business case that includes the costs associated with implementing the technology and the expected return on investment. The team projects that implementing adjunct technology across the five ASCs will result in significant cost savings, even if it only prevents one RSI. The projected cost savings results from less time spent reconciling count discrepancies among soft goods, avoiding the costs associated with waiting for and performing radiologic imaging, and eliminating additional procedures to remove retained soft goods. The materials manager on the team begins the purchasing process for the adjunct technology and associated soft goods. The risk management team and interdisciplinary personnel from all five ASCs update the policy and procedure on prevention of RSIs and clarify the expected process. The revised procedure will require personnel to use soft goods compatible with the adjunct technology for all surgical procedures, with the exception of arthroscopy procedures that allow joint visualization and any procedure in which such soft goods would be inappropriate. For example, ophthalmic procedures. When personnel identify that a soft goods count is incorrect, the surgeon will be expected to suspend wound closure and perform a second methodical wound exploration. In addition, the scrubbed team member should organize the sterile field, if needed, and search it for the missing item, and the remaining personnel should search the remainder of the OR. The RN circulator and scrub person should recount the soft goods and use the adjunct technology as needed. According to the revised policy and procedure, if the missing item is not found after these steps, the surgeon should request a radiological image before closing the wound. After the interdisciplinary team finalizes the policy and procedure, the perioperative leaders provide education sessions on the revised policy for all affected ASC personnel. They also schedule a hands-on session with the manufacturer's representative for the adjunct technology device. At the conclusion of the hands-on session, the leaders verify the competency of each ASC team member and document that each of them understands how to use the device according to the revised policy and the manufacturer's IFU. After the required equipment and supplies are available for use and all team members have been educated on the new process, the interdisciplinary team sets an implementation date. The materials manager and some of the ASC team members work for a few hours one weekend to exchange the existing soft goods for those that will be used with the adjunct technology. A complete change-out of the soft goods supports a standardized process and should help prevent an error. During the week of implementation, some personnel experience a short learning curve as they acclimate to the adjunct technology. However, implementation proceeds smoothly overall. Three months after implementation, the interdisciplinary team reconvenes and notes that there has been a marked decrease in both the number of soft goods counting discrepancies and the time required to resolve them. The team notes that in the ASCs without radiologic equipment, all discrepancies have been resolved without imaging. Further, the team does not identify any increases in procedure length. A review of patient satisfaction surveys shows improvement. Surgeons and personnel also verbalize their satisfaction. The interdisciplinary team plans to review another three months of data to verify that the changes are sustained. Conclusion All perioperative team members are responsible for preventing RSIs adverse events that continue to occur despite manual count processes. The recently revised AORN Guideline for Prevention of Unintentionally Retained Surgical Items provides guidance for preventing RSIs in surgical patients. Personnel should minimize interruptions, distractions, and noise during the surgical count. Use a standardized process for surgical counts. Account for foam pieces used with NPWT, and communicate this information to subsequent caregivers, and use adjunct technology devices to supplement manual counting procedures for soft goods.